0: The Flex and Frooms Daily Podcast, brought
1: to you by Cater. We're back, Flex and Frooms Podcast Edition. It's just as good as the radio version, but not live. I think people want to go and listen to it live, huh? I think people want to
2: go and listen to our show live. Let's like a second resort,
1: presumptions or assumptions.
2: All right, let's get to it. Flex Flex.
1: and Frooms.
2: Flexina, we are both internet girlies. We're constantly online. Yeah, I quite like it. Like, I don't really have a negative experience online.
1: No, I like it. I think that my perception of it changes based on who's observing my experience online. So when people thought influencers were lame, I was like, is this lame? Mm. But then when they started making money, now everyone wants to be like, oh my God, it's so great what you're doing, so inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big shift. It's a big shift. I don't
2: know. When you're an influencer and I knew when I didn't know you, I didn't think you were cringe ever. Thank you. But I did think of you as an influencer, but the new breed of influencer, which is actually quite appropriate for what I'm about to tell you, which is... oh a new era in internet that we have aged out of and apparently we are part of a thing called millennial pause. Let me play it for you.
1: TBD. When you say we, I identify as Gen Z.
2: <laughs> I'm more Gen Z than you. I'm a year younger than you. That's so okay. Please. <laughs>
0: I'm sure many of us have seen videos like this and this on our For You pages and actually... And just to
2: explain this and this, uh, uh, Peace to cameras, so people talking to the camera.
0: Even saying peace to camera, <laughs>
1: are you 85? <laughs> Just say recording with a phone and selfie mode, peace to camera. See, Gen Z, boomer. <laughs> yeah, I'll take boomer over millennial. A, this is a cross generational <laughs> radio show.
0: <laughs> It's called, are you sure you're not guilty of the millennial pause? And the millennial pause is a phrase that was coined by a creator named Nisa. And it's that split second between when a millennial hits record and when they start talking because they're checking to make sure that their camera actually is recording. I thought this was a super funny observation and also part of a larger trend that I've been seeing, which is basically that millennials are aging out of the internet. I don't mean we can't use it anymore, that we don't belong here, but that the internet that we built and used for the past 15 years is not the internet that we are on anymore. But millennials are still using a lot of the hallmarks and behavior and ticks from that old internet. Michael is one of the creators who makes those millennial parody videos, and he explained it to me like this. The way the quintessential millennial behaves online is basically a bunch of silly little nuances strung together to create a personality that is very giddy and excitable about the normal or mundane. Zooming in on our faces, um, talking in a BuzzFeed accent, (laughs) using Internet speak in real life, words like doggo or I did a thing. Those are all millennial Internet isms. And if you use them, you've just immediately added yourself as a millennial online.
2: We'll leave it there. (laughs) Initial <laughs> thoughts, Flexi?
0: I do recognise that.
1: I thought it was a content creator versus a non-content creator thing because mm. I feel as though when you do this regularly enough, you develop a sense of confidence and ease. You're like, it's, I've pressed it, it's on. Or you're smart enough to edit out that really awkward gap when you're like, oh, I'm checking, I'm checking. It exists. I've seen it. Maybe myself, maybe in oh. others. But yeah, it definitely exists. To call it a millennial pause, I think, you know, it's referring to a very specific type of millennial who, pub- who publishes on the internet, who is like on the young younger end of the spectrum. I don't think it's like a generational thing. I also think it can become a really slippery slope to like pathologize every single human thing to do. Everybody checks before they record a video. Unless you're doing an Instagram story or a Snapchat, we've already held the button and holding the button indicates it's a recording. Mm. But different platform, different vibe. See, I totally disagree. I feel like it's the older millennials that do it. It's like when a yoga teacher
2: comes on to explain their like class or whatever, and they like it's a specific thing that they do with their eyes as well. Obviously they're <laughs> looking, but it's also like looking if the camera's on, looking at themselves, da da da. Whereas when you're doing a piece to camera, I think you often need to make sure you're not looking at yourself because it becomes really obvious. But also looking straight down the barrel of the camera is also scary.
1: The youngest millennials at the moment would be twenty six. And the oldest would be 40.
2: Yeah, I think it's 40-year-olds that do it, more than 26-year-olds.
1: Yeah, wow. I
2: also like pathologizing things because it's about time that millennials started getting some boomer treatment. (laughs) And I was also thinking, like Gen Z, sure, Gen Z's that we aren't a part of because, again, I I consider us cusp and more Gen Z adjacent. (laughs) There's going to be things that they do that are then going to become embarrassing. Let me me name a few. Uh, Minions. Minion obsessions, um, doing this. Meow. Like How would you describe that? When you put your two your fingers <laughs> together and you like do puppy dog eyes. I hate that. I hate that. Really, I love it. And I will say I have been guilty of doing the millennial pause, but it's only when I started going on TikTok and making TikToks because if you record on Instagram, like I press the button straight away, mm-hmm. it captures pretty much everything that you've said. But sometimes if you press it too quickly and start talking, it misses the first like vowel
1: yeah i agree but on tiktok you have the millennial breath though when you start a sentence you go <gasps> it's do i absolutely what's the opposite you like this is this is an example i'll be like hey sweeties it's flexing rooms so you would be like <gasps> hey everyone <laughs> <laughs> is that a bad thing brooke i'm talking to our producer ah-
2: Leave Brooke out of it. <laughs> I like it because it's kind of like harking harking back harkening back to um you know the oldie world of broadcasting. Yeah. I'm just living my dream and if everyone else doesn't <laughs> like it, you know, you know what you've done just then? Now everyone listening to this is gonna wait for the
1: <laughs> <laughs> And it's coming.
0: <laughs> Flex and firms.
1: Right now we have a bit of a moral dilemma. Listen to this. Do I tell my coworker that she is going to be laid off soon? Juicy. Hmm. Basically, what's happened is that within the last year, they've had this sweet and hardworking employee on their team. However, despite working hard and putting in an extra effort, she's not able to meet the standards or catch up to the standards of the other co-workers. This person says, believe me when they say they've had they've had to put more than triple the amount of work that others do just to get to not even the same point. They're incredibly respectful, helpful, generous, hardworking and considerate. And they're also quite older with this single income as they're Sole livelihood. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. I does. get it. My work environment, however, can be toxic with our manager practically announcing it to the team that this employee's hours will be cut and eventually terminated. Do I let my coworker know of their eventual fate so they can prepare or do I continue to say nothing and wait in fear of repercussions? Additionally, I haven't been working for long. Is this naive to consider? Yike, yike, <sighs> yike, yike, I hate it. It's a shame because the, just the way that, Work environments are set up, even if you are all friendly and chill and comfortable, it does feel a bit like a dog eat dog world. Mm. Like you're all there for a joint reason, but the stakes are high for different people. So it's a shame that someone you like a lot is just not meeting standards.
2: Yeah. But what
1: are you going to do? Do you be the one to break the bad news? I don't know. See, part of what I'm learning as I get older is that um there is a a virtue in minding your own business and Mm. not like letting your ego decide that you deserve to be the center of someone else's narrative just because you feel bad or feel good or whatever but then on the other end of the spectrum I really like considering that we're all responsible for each other and so Mm. if I know this information why wouldn't I tell her like why wouldn't I share it with her why would I keep her out of the loop it's her business why do I know so, Flexi, this poor woman, let's call her Sandra. Sandra has been
2: working at uh, a new company for quite a while. I think she's a new employee. She's busting her bussy to to be a good employee, to try and get work done, but it's taking her three times as long to do a job. That is quite easy. And we are trying to decide if it's worth uh, another employee, who is our prot- protagonist in this uh, question, should she let Sandra know that she's about to get
1: cut? What do you reckon? Like, let's take it out of the context of Sandra and whoever is her name. Sandra,
2: yeah, call it Sandra.
1: (laughs) Creative liberty. Let's just imagine we're in a similar scenario. Imagine the some of the old work environments you've been in, Mm. where you where you can imagine this is happening to someone. What would you do?
2: I feel like I have seen this happen before. Mm. Uh, Have you? I'm trying. In some ways, yeah, I think so. You know when someone's not pulling their weight and everyone knows it but them. Either they're quite a shy person or they're quite sweet or yeah, they're you. Yeah, 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 yeah. they don't know the status quo. They're not gelling in terms of like social interactions in the office. If I was put in this situation, I would make hints to Sandra, but I wouldn't tell her outright. Just Can because, give me an example. Uh, for example, I'd be like, oh, um, how did you feel about like that interaction? Like I might see someone in the office kind of like blowing them off or them like not really getting the work. But like, oh, how do you feel about that? I'd be like, yeah, damn, um." I've been in that position before. Like, do you think it's just not really like? Do you like working here? Ah. Kind of put it back on them. <laughs> so, do, do, do you even like this? a self-reflection? Yeah, and like, put <laughs> do in, you want to quit? <laughs> <laughs> put the seed of doubt in their head so they're questioning because whether or not they know it, you know when things aren't working. Like, you know when you're not hundred percent jelling. I think for the for the most part, you might know it's as dire as you're going to about to get fired, but usually have some sort of idea. So I'd warm them up to it. My issue with telling them is that things change. Mm. They could have a blow up, and you know they might get parlayed into a different role in the business and be fantastic at it. And then what do you look like? You look like a you were trying to sabotage them, or b you were getting in the way of someone else's business. It's like when you have an issue with a friend of yours, and you tell another friend venting, mm. and then they go and tell the friend, mm-hmm, not giving mm-hmm. you the not giving you the chance to tell your own story and give the reasons why. So if let's say this woman is hearing the chatter about Sandra needing to yeet off. She might not be hearing the whole story and she probably isn't equipped to tell her that news. She could probably be doing more harm because, believe it or not, I haven't had very good experiences with HR. Mm.
1: But HR's there for a reason. I have never had proper HR before.
2: I mean, that's that's pretty regular given you work in media.
1: But even, yeah, I think it's a media thing. The point you made before, this idea that things change, that the inf- that what the information was when you heard it might not be the outcome of what's going to happen. Mm. And so you intercepting at this very point could be the thing that derails what's happening. But I also feel like this issue with Sandra, may she rest me. I keep um, featuring Sandra Bullock yeah. <laughs> in that movie where she's like on a lake. it reminds me of this myth of meritocracy this idea that if you work really hard you'll be rewarded fairly and compensated for your efforts and that your efforts should mean that you're doing well or that you're improving and it must be a weird thing for sandra to eventually hear that even though you're working really hard you're putting in three times the work you're really you know lovely and charismatic people like you you're gonna get fired. it's just not good enough What kind of messaging is that? I also find that wouldn't this be the kind of employee to invest your time and energy into? Because very rarely do you find people who are pleasant to be around and willing to work to do the job Mm. with a little bit of direction. Could they not turn out to be someone who is amazing for the team? And this emphasis that this poster made on, you know, Sandra's a bit older. Mm. It's like, okay, so you set her up. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've know, I've known a bunch of incompetent young people who were just allowed to stay because the value of their presence was assumed to be higher because they're young and, like, you know, young people know how to do stuff and, you know, that person's old, they can't learn, la, la, la. Still in this instance, I say it's a dog-eat-dog world. You know, our situations are never equally yoked. It's unfortunate, but mind your business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Unless you
1: really feel like you're going to ride for Sandra the full way through. Mm. Don't do this saviorism thing where you're going to jump in like I feel really bad and I really want to help Sandra. What are you going to what are you gonna, what are you willing to do? Like are you going to talk to your higher-ups for her? No. You know you're going to step in when times get tough. Are you going to vouch for her personally? If you're not really going to do what it takes to shop for her in a way that's going to be conducive to the outcome of her keeping her job, stay out of it, babe.
2: Yeah. I want her to walk away and think, yeah, but the memories I made, I will cherish forever with these colleagues. Yeah. And make him just blame whoever's higher up than you. Exactly. That's the goal. Yes. Remain innocent. Yes. Give uh,
1: platitudes. Mm-hmm. Vibe out. <laughs> platitudes, cliches. The mo- the best thing you can do for Sandra is make the last couple months she has at work the most enjoyable. Mm, free coffees. Yes. Yes, like laugh a little bit more, tell stories, enjoy you know see if you you know you know any friends in the grapevine who can hire her like mm. that would be amazing. As for this job in Sandra, mm it's total. a shame.
0: this is Flex and Frooms on Kata. Hey,
1: I want to tell you a bit of a fact I read on the internet that I'm very surprised by. It did come from a verifiable reputable source worldatlas dot com mm mm-hmm. the logos a globe, so it looks legit to me. <laughs> They have this tier list of the animals that kill the most people. What do you think is number one? Bees. Number two? Dogs. Number three? Um, bull ants. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. I'm going to read uh, from the most to the least kills. Number one, mosquitoes. I didn't know mosquitoes were animals, so they were bugs, but beggars be <laughs> choose. Are you serious? Um, yeah, I thought mosquitoes were bugs. Bugs are animals? I don't think so. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Two, humans. Humans kill
2: humans. Oh, true. Well, then I didn't think we were animals. Right?
1: That's what I'm saying. Followed by snake, dog, sexy fly, assassin bug, freshwater snail, ascaris roundworm, tapeworm and crocodile. Is that complete nonsense? I'm not sure. Where are these stats coming from? Don't ask. But I'm happy to go with it. I'm surprised by the coc- crocodile because... <laughs> well, 1,000 people. A year?
2: Yeah. a 1,000 people are eaten by crocodiles a year. I think so. That's wild. That's my biggest fear. No way. Seriously, I have dreams about a crocodile. (laughs) A crocodile. (laughs) Sorry, got something on my brain today. I always have (laughs) dreams about crocodiles grabbing me and spinning me around on the bottom of the floor. like the the floor of the ocean. Yeah, Uh, the the river. They're not ocean animals.
1: okay. Sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. But actually, they could be, so don't take my
0: word for it. This is Flex and Frooms. On Cater.
1: It's going to be a full show full of advice because the people need answers and life is really difficult to do alone. So why not lean on two girls from Australia <laughs> <laughs> uh, who have no psychology degrees and I guess
2: some life experience. One yeah, of but... us has more limited than other. Pe- perhaps I'll let you decide.
1: <laughs> this person says, am I the asshole for telling my coworker I will cover up my shoulders when he starts wearing shoes? Off the bat, I'm very confused, (laughs) but let's just see where where this takes us. So this person says, My workplace doesn't have a dress code, so everyone dresses very casually. Today, I was wearing a top with thin straps with long pants and my shoulders were showing. Sounds chill to me, but I also wear uh, my whole midriff out at all times. One of the co-workers, Brian was giving me angry looks all day and when i finally asked him what's wrong he told me that he thought better of me than to dress in barely any clothes to work Oof. at that moment giving virgin <laughs> no offense at that moment brian was wearing pretty short shorts and was barefoot <laughs> Mm. He dressed like this the whole summer The office is carpeted He only puts on his slippers if he's going to the bathroom Or the kitchen Yuck! (laughs) I told Brian that I will start covering up my shoulders When he starts wearing shoes to the office If I have to watch his hairy toes at work (laughs) He can deal with the sight of my shoulders That, of course, didn't help. He put on his headphones and didn't even look in my direction the rest of the workday. Now, I'm wondering if I was wrong to say that. He's a co-worker and I should thrive for good work relationships, but I felt insulted, so I kicked back at him. Mm. Am I the asshole? Before you share your thoughts, I encourage us both to just sit sit into our brains for a second. Mm. Think about how we would feel at Cater if somebody said to us verbatim, That they thought better of us than to dress in barely any clothes. Did she take it too far? What do you no, think?
2: No, not at all. I love that she has a little thing to get him on, which is him not wearing shoes. It's the perfect um, like throwback in the face. Yes. It reminds me, in year nine, my friend Rachel, <laughs> we were at school, and we were wearing, I think it was like PE, so you could see her bra straps under her little top. And this teacher fully was like, you can't show your bra straps at school. And it, no other teacher did it. He was a bit
1: odd. Oh, yeah, there we go. And you it, said too much. Yeah, it was giving
2: like... <laughs> It was, a, it was very odd. I remember even thinking it was odd back then. Personally, I am seeing things as you're telling me this story. The guy is giving, and no offence to anyone who fits into these stereotypes. Oh
1: no. <laughs> the guy <laughs> is giving. To start giving, with no offence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's my new thing. Um, he is giving Kumbaya, Ishka Energy, Incense, Byron Bay 10 years ago. So true Byron Bay, like true neutral Byron Bay. She is giving City Girl. Mm-hmm. She's a city girl, could have been from mm, Bardo and Sopray no longer exist. But
1: Supreme exists.
2: Does it? Yeah. Oh, pardon me, Sopray. Um, let's say a cotton on little um Sydney Sweeney cross Yeah, a little race back.
1: You yeah.
2: know? I get it. I mean, this is easy. Clearly he's gotta stick up his boomba.
1: This feels like one of those instances, if you're noticing it, it's because you're looking. Mm. You should be pay attention. Look at your screen. Look at your phone, look at the bathroom, look at the kitchen. If you're looking at her shoulders so much that they're offending you, stop looking at her. That's all I want to say. Because Mm. in this instance, I feel like, sure, I think that he should be allowed to go barefoot in his casual office. If that's the vibe they're curating, It, it seems like it's appropriate goes both ways if I don't like feet I'm not going to look at his feet he brought up the shoulders she brought up the feet she's not the asshole and I think that she needs to stand her ground on this one because she goes back to him and starts apologizing for what isn't an issue it'll create this weird dynamic where she has to be apologetic about showing up to work comfortably to do her job
2: yeah it also sounds like it's a hot climate and, I mean, what would you prefer? Her yeah. wear a long sleeve top. Maybe she doesn't wear deodorant. Like, okay. maybe that. If it doesn't work out well, I suggest her wear a full-strength woolly jumper. Yeah. Don't wear deodorant. Don't shower. And then
1: we'll see if he prefers the shoulders. Make them suffer. Easy as that.
0: <laughs> You've been listening to the Flex and Frooms Daily Podcast. For more, tune into Kader on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.